0: Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. In Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10, the Bible says, for we are his workmanship. Now this is talking about you. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is talking about you. If you are breathing this morning, whether you're in this room or watching online, this is for you. The Bible says, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Created for good works. Prepared by God. Before you were formed, God had some things prepared for you. There are five questions that everyone should ask themselves. The first question is simply, who am I? That deals with your identity. The second question that we should be asking is, where did I come from? Now, when I ask where did you come from, I'm not talking about your state or country of origin. I'm talking about the source of your existence. Where did you come from? The third question that is important for all of us to ask is why am I here? That deals with your purpose. Somebody say purpose. The fourth question is what can I do? That's your potential. What can I accomplish with the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that God has given me. How far can I take those things? And the final question is, where am I going? Every life is going in a direction that will have a destination. Are you with me? And at the end of that destination, we will all step into eternity where we are created and designed to live Forever. We are all created to live forever somewhere, and there's only two options, A and B. So we need to be very aware of what direction are we going in because it's going to take us somewhere. But today I want to really zero in on the question of what am I here for? And I want you to understand that you were created by God on purpose And for a purpose. Did you hear what I just said? You were created by God on purpose and for a purpose. Psalm 139 verse 14 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means God took careful consideration when he created you. Isn't that awesome? To know that the God of all the universe designed me specifically For our purpose, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that he knit me together. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And before he formed you, he knew you. He chose you. He called you. And he appointed you. One of the biggest lies that our culture has accepted is that we came from nothing. Because if you came from nothing, that means your life means nothing and you're going nowhere. In other words, this is as good as it gets for everybody. So eat, drink, be merry because one day you're going to die and go nowhere. Your life has no purpose. You came from nothing, you mean nothing, and you're going nowhere. And that's the lie that culture has bought into. But if you believe that God made you, If you believe that God was involved in the process, then you have to know that you have a purpose, because God does nothing without design, purpose, and structure, which means you have design, you have purpose, and you have structure, for we are his workmanship. See, I know where I'm going. I know where I came from. But the question is, what am I here for? And I think a lot of people have probably asked that question. Like, what am I here for? What is the reason or purpose for my life? Because when we talk about purpose, I think it's very easy for us to get lost in the conversation. Or it's not easy for us to find where we fit in the conversation. I mean, we hear things like, hey, you've got a purpose. And that sounds really great to us, but I'm not sure what my purpose is. And a lot of you, like, you look at people like me maybe and go, well, obviously you've got a purpose. Like, you're doing something that seems important. You know, I can see how, like, Randy has a purpose that seems important. I mean, he leads worship. But where do I fit in the conversation? And it's easy, like, when you read Scripture to see people who obviously have purpose. Born for a specific reason. I mean, you can read about Noah and you're like, okay, it's obvious that he had a purpose. He built an ark. Or Moses, I mean, he led the children of Israel out of slavery and that's what he was born to do. So you look at someone like Moses and you're like, obviously, Moses had purpose. Obviously King David had purpose. He started off with nothing as a shepherd boy and he became the king of a nation. That's purpose. That's big. But what about me? Because you're probably never going to be a king of a nation. I hate to break that news to you. I'm not saying it's impossible, but most of you are probably never going to be the king or queen of a nation. And so the, the talk of purpose gets like really lofty. Like it, it's out there, but it's only for the really important people that do something really big. I mean, the Apostle Paul, he has this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, completely changes his life. He starts planting churches, he writes the majority of the New Testament. There's great purpose for him, but where do I fit in? I'm just a carpenter, I'm just a school bus driver. I'm just a school teacher. I'm just a mechanic. Put who you are or what you do into that blank. Like right now, I want you to fill that blank. I'm a blank. It's very important for you to put it there. Because what I want you to understand this morning is your purpose is going to be found in your blank you're thinking like, what in the world are you talking about have i lost anybody yet so far see this year uh, for the past few months my time has been consumed with church and basketball i have two daughters that play basketball my wife coaches the sixth grade team and the eighth grade team i'm helping with the sixth grade team which means we practice for two hours on monday night two hours on tuesday night two hours on wednesday night two hours on Thursday night Friday night we typically go to the high school basketball game and then we play two games on Saturday and then we turn around and we play two more games on Sunday that's a lot of basketball and I didn't really grow up playing like organized basketball I played more like street ball prison rules type basketball and so as a coach I'm learning as the kids are learning. Like my wife played. Her her stepdad who helps out with the uh, the team, he actually coached high school basketball for years. So they know what's up. And so I'm watching them and I'm learning as the kids are learning. And there's something that we put into place called a uh, full court press. And we spent a lot of time on this full court press. Another thing that we spent a lot of time working on is our zone defense. Now, if you don't know anything about basketball and you see a full-court press, you're going to think that the kids have just lost their mind because it looks like they're just aimlessly running all over the court. But if you understand basketball, you know that every single person has a specific task that they're involved in. It may look aimless to you, but they're doing something very intentional. And then when we drop into the zone defense, each girl falls into a specific place that it's their responsibility to cover and we're trying to teach our girls that you don't have to cover every guard on the court all you have to do is guard your zone so we're teaching our post players like hey stay at the block that's your home we tell them stay home you don't have to pop out and get the guard out here that's not your zone that's someone else's zone that they're responsible for that area your zone is right here in this space When I talk about your purpose being found in your blank, what I'm trying to tell you is there is a zone that your purpose will function in, and that zone is your blank. And many of you wear many hats, so it's not like you're just a school teacher. Some of you are also a mom, some of you are also a dad. Like, for instance, I'm a father, that's one of my zones. I'm a husband. That's one of my zones. I used to be single. That was a zone. A really fun one. <laughs> Just kidding. But that was a that was a zone. Now I'm in a better zone called marriage. <laughs> but I'm also a coach. That's a zone. And I'm a pastor. That's a zone. What I'm trying to show you is my purpose functions in each of those places. It's not just what you see happening here on Sunday morning. It's happening everywhere. And what happens is as you start working your zone, that's when God begins to bless it and bring increase to it. I love the story of Peter when he first encounters Jesus. He's a commercial fisherman. That's what he does for a living. Jesus shows up. Peter is just cleaning the nets. He's not preaching any sermons. He's not starting any churches. Bob, he's not laying hands on any sick people. He's cleaning nets. He's doing what he does every single day. Jesus shows up and steps into Peter's boat. So that's where purpose comes alive. Somebody say, when Jesus steps in, my purpose comes alive. So, so you were created with purpose. Before God formed you, he gave you a purpose. But that purpose has, has rested and it's been dormant, but the moment you say yes to Jesus, he steps into your life, that purpose comes alive. That's why you start feeling things that you haven't felt before. That's why you start having desires that you've never had before. That's why you start thinking like, man, I've just got this desire to like tell people about Jesus, and, and you've got this desire to preach, and sometimes we mistake that desire to preach to think, hey, we're called to be a pastor of a church. But just because you feel the desire to preach doesn't mean you're called to pastor a church, because... We're all called to preach in our zone. (laughs) Are you following me? So that desire is normal because Jesus tells us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Where? In your zone. And the more you work that zone, the more you're faithful with that zone, then God will lead you and get you to where you need to be. I want you to understand that's how purpose works. God will move you where you need to be but it starts by being faithful with where you are. Greatness starts with where you are. So if you're a dad, be a great dad. If you're a stay-at-home mom, be a great stay-at-home mom. If you're a single parent, be a great single parent. If you're single, be great at being single. If you own a business, be great at owning that business. If you work for somebody, be great at working for them because that's where greatness starts. It starts where you are. Your purpose starts where you are. It starts within your zone. I have a friend who, his wife lost her dad when she was 12 years old, so she grew up with no dad. When he was right out of high school, his parents split so he's from a broken home so when they got married they they wanted to have the family that they never had they wanted to be able to raise kids and and show an example that they never got to see the only problem is they weren't able to have kids and so they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them we've got all these procedures but because of your situation the chances are very slim that even if you go through all of this and spend all of this money, you're never going to have children, which is very devastating news for somebody who wants to raise kids. They've got this sense of purpose that I want to invest something into the next generation. Now what do we do? So they started praying. God, what is it that you have for us? What is it that you have for our life? And my friend, he was like, well, you know, the only thing I really enjoy is hunting and fishing. I, I, I enjoy being outside, and his wife was like, "You know what? I really enjoy that too. I always, I always enjoy doing that stuff, but I never had a dad to do it with." And so he said, "Well, what if we started reaching out and like finding some of these kids that don't have dads? We'll take them fishing. We'll take them hunting. We'll, we'll tell them about Jesus. We'll show them the love of God." how many of you know showing someone the love of God is more valuable than just telling them about the love of God? Sometimes people aren't listening to you because you're not showing anything. If you start showing the right thing, people will start asking you. That's why Jesus says you're the salt of the earth. All you got to do is be salty in the good way. <laughs> and people will start going, hey, what is it, Martin? Something's different about you, bro. Like I remember you a couple years ago. Something's changed. What is that? And you've got an open door to say, let me tell you about what God's done in my life. And so they decided to find these kids. They got four boys that didn't have dads. They started taking them hunting, taking them fishing. And this thing started snowballing. Now they have 13, they have chapters, sorry, they have chapters of this organization in 13 different states. They both left their corporate jobs and now have to invest all of their time into this ministry to kids that don't have dads where they take them hunting, they take them fishing, they teach them how to shoot skeet, they teach them different life skills, but more importantly, they tell them about Jesus. They show them what it looks like to be a man who follows God. What did he do? He stepped into his purpose in the zone he was already in. He didn't try to start a church. All he did was take some kids fishing, take some kids hunting. But God said, I'll increase that. I'll bless that. Because as soon as you're faithful with whatever you have, it creates the capacity for more. Why would God give you more of anything that you're not currently using? So purpose is all about using your resources, your gifts, and your talents where you are, being great at where you are, excelling at where you are, giving God glory where you are. That's where your purpose exists. It's in the zone that you're currently in. But what is the purpose? This is going to shock a lot of you because some of you have seen purpose as this big lofty idea floating out somewhere out in space that's unattainable to you. But the truth is, every single person in this room has the same exact purpose. We have different gifts. That purpose will manifest in different ways. We have different zones, but our purpose is the same. And hear what I'm saying different gifts, how many of you know we're all different? Different zones, we're all different. Same purpose, and, but here's what I want you to catch before I tell you what your purpose is. They are equally important. There is no person that has a more important purpose than you do. Again, it will manifest in different ways because we have different gifts and different zones, but that does not downgrade or upgrade the purpose that you have. We are all on an equal playing field. When Jesus gives the the, uh, parable about the talents, he says, "I gave one, five, one, two, one, one, according to their gifts, according to their abilities, according to their zone. Because the person who has the two doesn't need five because their zone only needs two. Are you are you hearing what I'm saying?" God has already given you exactly what you need for the zone that you are in. And if he wants to expand that zone, that means he's going to be, bring increase to you so that you can handle what's coming your way. That's really good preaching right there. I'm buying this CD. I'm going to listen to it. So, your purpose is important. The reason I want you to see that is because even like within the context of the church, which this is our zone. Within the context of the church, we have different gifts, talents, abilities in in different areas, different zones within the, the larger zone of the church. But you can never see what I am doing as more important than what you do. You can never see what I am doing as more important than the person who's running the camera. You can never see the person who's running the camera as more important than the person who's running the live stream, You can never see the person who's running the live stream as more important than the person who's running the audio. You can never see those areas as more important than, we call them our black shirts here at the church, our ushers. You can never see the ushers as being more important than our children's workers. Why? Because we are all valuable in our place. When we malfunction is when we try to step into a zone that God's never called us to be in. That's a completely different sermon. But some of us will beat our head against the wall because we're trying to live in a zone that God has never called us to be in. Get comfortable with the zone that God has called you to because there is a reason and a purpose for you to be there. There is a reason for you to be at the job that you are at for right now. There's a reason for you to be a part of the family that you're a part of right now. There's a reason that God moves you from that state to this state for right now. It doesn't mean it will always be the same, but there's a reason for it right now now but what is the reason what is the purpose what is your purpose what is my purpose and I can tell y'all are all just sitting on the edges of your seat like just get to it (laughs) I thought I want to make this as simple as possible and I want to put it into a sentence so that everybody can remember it because this is important Going back to Ephesians 2:10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's that's it right there. He's showing it to us. So if, if we're supposed to have these good works that we walk in, what are they? Here it is: Your purpose is to represent Jesus and build his kingdom. Your purpose is to represent Jesus and build his kingdom. Somebody say, My purpose is to represent Jesus and build his kingdom. Now I want you to add this, in my zone. Why? Because I can't come into your zone. If I do, it'll get really weird. You wake up next to me in the morning, oh, what happened? (laughs) That's not my zone, that's your zone. That's your family. So how do we represent Jesus and build his kingdom within our zone? It starts with this. One, we've got to start acting like Jesus. We represent Jesus by acting like Jesus. Jesus was very countercultural. Jesus didn't just go with the flow. Jesus was courageous. Jesus was bold. Jesus did whatever needed to be done and didn't care what anyone else's opinion was. So when I talk about acting like Jesus, I'm talking about you've got to get a boldness in you that you're going to do whatever needs to be done no matter what anyone thinks. I love the story of Jesus going to the woman at the well. Because at that time in their culture, it was a no-no for a Jewish man to talk to a woman from Samaria. And Jesus is like, I've got to go there. Now get this, Jesus at times would minister to thousands of people. But he sees the one person at the well that everyone else would avoid as the zone he needs to step into at that moment and I don't care what you think about it. I'm going because there's a life that's broken, and I need to put it back together. There's a life that doesn't see her value, and I've got to go put it back together. That's how Jesus acts. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. I'm showing up for the task. You know one of the things I really respected about my father as a preacher? Because I've been in auditoriums with him that sat thousands of people. And I've seen my father lay hands and pray for thousands upon thousands of people on Sunday mornings and give it his all. I've seen him pray for so many people that he leads, leads, leaves the church with his hands bleeding from the ring pressing against his finger as he's praying for people. But I've also seen him go into these places where there's only 10 people and he brings the same energy, the same intensity. The same anointing. You know why? Because that's the zone. I, I, can't, I cannot just only want what I see or think as grand. I've got to be, realize that Jesus is the type of person who sees the one person as grand. Because if I can just touch one person, if I can just reach one person, I never know what difference it's going to make in their life. So the first thing in representing Jesus and building his kingdom is I've got to act like Jesus. The second thing is I've got to start praying like Jesus Jesus would always get alone with the father before he would come down into the city and minister to the people he would withdraw himself from the crowd to get along with the father you know why because that's where your purpose gets its fuel understand that your purpose is your purpose because it came from God and God is the one who works through you to carry out that purpose So it's not something you can do on your own, because on your own, you'll never want to love the unlovable. On your own, you'll never want to forgive the unforgivable. On your own, you'll never want to touch those that others say should not be touched. Are you following what I'm saying? So we fuel ourselves for our purpose by spending time with God in prayer. So that's one of the ways that Jesus would pray. But Jesus didn't just get along with God and pray. Up the mission. He would also take time to pray over his zone. What is your zone? What is your blank? That's the place that God has assigned you to be a prayer warrior for. Your purpose is to pray for your home. Your purpose is to pray for your children. Your purpose is to pray for your grandchildren. Your purpose is to pray for your job and the people who work there. Your purpose is to pray over the school system that is within your community. Your purpose is to pray over your community. Why? Because that's the zone that God has assigned you to. Listen, I pray with my kids. I pray over my kids. This morning, we rode to church together. And it's it's very rare that my family rides to church together because my wife serves in different ministries here at the church while I'm doing this and my kids are and, and so but today the kids rode with me and as we were coming I, I was praying then I started talking to my kids about prayer and then I started praying over them and I started praying God I thank you for giving them a purpose I thank you for giving them a destiny God I thank you for using them even at a young age and I started speaking over them why because that's my zone God has placed them in my life as a gift to steward understanding that ultimately they are his children they belong to him and they've just been placed in my life to steward over it that's your zone it's the place that god has given you to steward over i pray over their school father i thank you that today no weapon formed against them is going to prosper any plan or the enemy that would try to come against my kids or their school it fails today in the mighty name of jesus why because that's my zone You know, culture has has worked really hard to get prayer out of schools. But did you know they cannot take prayer out of schools as long as there's a praying person willing to pray for that school? Even if I don't step on the property, my prayer goes there. And we learned last week that my prayer and your prayer has power as it's working. When I release the prayer of faith, it leaves me and goes to wherever it needs to be assigned to and starts working on my behalf. So you can't take prayer out of school. As long as there's somebody willing to pray for that school. Are you willing to pick up your purpose and pray for the zone that God's placed you in? See, I don't know that zone, but you need to figure it out. You need to know what your zone is. You need to know where your area of influence is and be an influence. On the job, you need to be a person of integrity, somebody that people look to and they go, you know what, they're always on time. They always give a lot of effort. They're always doing this and that. There's something different about them. And that difference is what actually draws people to Christ Jesus. Jesus says that you are the light of the world. What's that? That's a power-packed statement of purpose. You want to know your purpose? Be the light of the world. Let people see your good works so that they'll glorify our Father in heaven. So when you're on jo- on, uh, at work, you're on mission. Which brings me to the third thing. We, we, not, we don't just act like Jesus. We don't just pray like Jesus. we got to work like Jesus. That means, that means being intentional with what we're doing. There's, there's a story in Scripture. Praise God. There's a story in Scripture where Jesus gets lost. His parents lose him. Which, I mean, how would you like to be the person responsible for losing the Son of God? I mean, that's, you know, we lose things all the time around the house, but never Jesus. Uh, But when, when his parents finally find him, they're like, what are you doing? They found him in the temple, and he says this, don't you know that I'm about my father's business? Even at 12 years old, Jesus was living on mission. Working like Jesus means you live on mission everywhere you go. Working like Jesus means that you're intentional everywhere you go because you never know when the opportunity is going to come. We cross paths with so many people every day of our life that need some hope, and we look past them because we're not aware. So part of working like Jesus is we've got to start praying, God, show me the mission that you've called me to today. Help me to be aware of the people that you're surrounding me with today. Help me to understand my zone and work my zone with the power of your spirit and let me be fruitful in the zone that you've called me to. And the next thing we got to do is we got to serve like Jesus. Somebody say, I've got to serve like Jesus. I want to read this to you in in the book of Philippians. This is a passage that I love. It's Philippians, the second chapter, verse 4. The Bible says, let each of you look not only. Now, I want to pause here because this is purpose. We're always looking for purpose, not understanding that the scriptures are full of purpose. When we see things like this, we ought to understand God is talking to our purpose. You're the salt of the earth. Purpose. You're the light of the world. Purpose. Preach the gospel. Purpose. Lay hands on the sick. Purpose. Are, are you seeing this? In your zone. So this right here is all about Purpose. He's saying it's your purpose. I'm going to add that to it. It's your purpose for each of you to not only look at your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In other words, think this way. And now you have the ability to have these kind of thoughts because of Christ Jesus. See, before Christ, you will never have the desire to do the things or the work of God, But now you can think this way because now you have the mind of Christ. He says, let each of you not only look to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men. Do you want to be great? Learn to serve where you are. When the disciples approach Jesus about greatness, he doesn't reprimand them and say, hey, don't seek greatness. He says, you want to know how to be great? The greatest of all? will be the servant of all. And Jesus modeled for us what it looked like to serve humanity, which is our purpose, to serve one another, to not just be so caught up in our life and our issues and what we're going through that we miss the fact that there are people all around us that need the love of Jesus Christ. They need to be served. They need to be accepted. They need to be encouraged. I love the story where jesus comes to the last supper it was their custom at that time that you would wash your feet before dinner which is weird you would think you would wash your hands but they washed their feet before dinner and there was a servant there that it was their job to wash the feet well when everybody shows up the servant's not there so they all just sit around the table you know waiting for the servant to show up who's going to wash our feet so we can get on with this grub and as they're all just sitting around waiting Jesus steps in and begins to remove his outer garments. And he picks up the towel of the servant. And he ties it around his waist. And he gets down and starts washing their feet. He's washing the feet of people who do not deserve to have their feet washed. He's washing the feet of people who are going to turn their back on him. He's washing the feet of even Judas, who is going to betray him. And through that, it shows that we serve unconditionally. You know what I want? I want us to be a church who serves unconditionally. In the zone that we're in, we're a people who serve. Because through serving, we show people you've got value. Through serving, we show people. You've got worth. Through serving, we show people you've got dignity. It doesn't matter what you've been through. I'm willing to get down and love on you. I'm willing to get down and serve you. I'm willing to get into this situation and pray for you. And the final thing is, we need to be people who love and encourage like Jesus. Because you never know what kind of difference you can make in somebody's life with just one encouraging word. You know, when I step into the zone of coaching, I'm not preaching to those girls scripture. And honestly, I don't know enough about basketball to really teach them anything about basketball. But I am always encouraging them. I am letting them know that they have value. I'm trying to give them something that they may not be receiving at home. And the reason I do that is because I know how much it has meant to me in my life. When I was younger, there was a family who was a part of our church. They served in the church, but they weren't like vocational ministers. And they started opening up their home for some of the young people to come over, and they would always make space for me. And any time I showed up, the, the lady would make me something to eat. And the guy, he had a recliner. He called it the king's chair. And he would always say, Arm, you sit in that chair. And his wife would make me something to eat. And they would just spend time with me. In a time that I needed that in my life, in a time that I needed encouragement, I could go there with my problems and my issues, and they would love on me, and they would encourage me. And there were things in my life that I was going to walk away from at the time and give up on at the time that I hung in there because they were the voice of encouragement. And I realize that I am here today because of people like them. And they may never stand behind a podium and preach to a church. But as I stand today and preach, they preach with me because they invested into me. That's how valuable your purpose is. Because you never know what that one life you touch will become, you don't know what zone. God will put them in. Not only that, you don't know what zone you're going to land in just by being faithful in the zone that you're in. Some of us get so caught up with the next step that we never take the step that we're in. But start moving and working in your zone and see what God will do. You never know. But I promise you this, it will become whatever it's intended to be. Because that's how purpose works. You get into the flow and God will take you anywhere you need to be.